Well, what a great morning, isn't it? Uh, welcome to Troy United Methodist Church. Uh, for those of you I haven't had the opportunity to meet, uh, my name is Andy. Uh, I'm uh, really privileged to be uh, the senior pastor here in this um, amazing congregation. This has been a, a beautiful morning. I've been wiping tears uh, from my, man, the kids up there, that was awesome. Uh, so who thought of the signs? Was that you, Emily? Emily? So, oh, that, that just messed me up. I really didn't know until this morning that that was going to happen. But um, uh, I, I'm so glad that, that you're here today. Uh, as David said earlier, this, uh, wow, the weather has not been cooperative. Uh, is it? Uh, last, last week, I was, I, I was just uh, distraught. <laughs> I said I would rather preach eight times than ever have to cancel a worship service. Uh, and, and so I am so glad. It, today, today has already been worth the wait. Uh, I hope it has been for you, too. Uh, but uh, we are all here uh, from generation to generation, uh, worshiping God in the same place this morning. You know, this idea of generations is at least as old as the Bible. Uh, as early as the book of Genesis, the, the very first book of the Bible, uh, we, we see the generations of Adam and the generations of Noah. Uh, the second book of the Bible, Exodus, explains how, how blessings and sometimes curses are passed from generation to generation. Even Jesus, when describing himself, said, I, I am the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. Of course, uh, those represent three generations of God's people. Uh, I also love how in the scriptures, um, the early Christ follower that, uh, who we know as the Apostle Paul uh, described the Old Testament King David as a servant of his generation. Of course, we are called to serve well beyond our own generation. As Psalm 145 declares, one generation shall commend your works to another and declare your mighty acts. Generations are important in the scriptures. In fact, the, the, the word, the theme comes up at least uh, 200 times. Uh, so understanding the generations is important as important now as it ever has been, especially when you consider in our world, just uh, overall, our country, major businesses, even in the church, uh, we're in the midst of generational transitions, uh, handing leadership and influence, uh, specifically from, from the boomer generation who uh, are uh, retiring or preparing to retire, many already retired, um, onto Generation X, and the mosaics who are growing and maturing. This, this same kind of transition uh, took place in the 90s when the builders uh, handed off reins of leadership to uh, the, the boomer generation, uh, let go of the reins to let their, their kids uh, in on, uh, as they assumed, the builders assumed this new role of encouraging and mentoring. It's the same kind of transition that, uh, that current generations are going to be experiencing when we hand off the reins to uh, the, the, the beautiful young people, the kids who were up here singing earlier. Uh, and uh, that anytime these transitions occur, it's never easy. Uh, there, there are fears that come with it. Uh, fears for the older generations. Hey, is there still going to be a place for me? Will, will what I hand off to the next generation, will, will, will that 
be preserved or will it just kind of be wasted away? And, and fears also exist inside those who are picking up the reins. Wow, well, will, will they actually let go so that I can lead? Uh, can I do this? Have I been equipped to step into a place of influence and leadership? Will I be able to do it? Now, there are even fears in the, the younger generations who are looking up and saying, will I ever have an opportunity? Will my time ever come? Will, will they ever respect me and give me a chance to do what God has called me to do? You know, some, sometimes there are uh, tensions and frustrations that accompany these kinds of transitions. Um, there, there are uh, times of hurt, uh, feelings, and pain in these generational transitions. The, the, the changes that occur can sometimes leave generations disoriented or disillusioned. Uh, but those of us who trust God, we cling to the scriptural truth that we've been clinging to throughout this entire series that you, Lord, you remain the same forever. Your throne continues from generation to generation. God is the constant. God never changes. God, God's, uh, God continues to rule from one generation to the next, even despite our disillusionment and, and disorientation at times. So over the course of this last month, we've been discovering how God has ruled and reigned from one generation to the next, and uh, how each generation has been formed and shaped by world-changing events and, and the challenges of life and how it's impacted their character and how it's impacted their faith development. And as we've done so with each generation, we've held these three goals up, uh, goals that I'm sure if you've been around at all in this last month, you, you'll be, be able to repeat back to me. Uh, our goals have been to better understand one another across generational lines, but not just understand, but to, uh, to also better appreciate uh, what, what each generation gives um, and brings to the table, the ways that they exhibit godly, positive characteristics. But most importantly, beyond understanding and appreciation, we've been uh, seeking to live into God's vision for an intergenerational church. By, really by taking the be very best of each generation and embodying that, because together we can then reflect a fuller image of God's vision for the church. And, and I just have to say, of all the message series that, that I have preached in the last uh, 16 or so years, this one is at the top, or, or at least near the top, of, of ones when it comes to people giving feedback about it. Uh, I've had so many comments uh, from, from you all of, about the way that this series and each of the messages has affected and impacted you and, and really uh, formed you. And, and so, These are some of the things that people have shared with me. Um, uh, especially, this happened especially during the, the Boomer Week uh, when when Jennifer was up, uh, you know, singing Peter Paul and Mary stuff, and 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 then the week after that with Generation X uh, and some of the uh, rock and roll that we heard down here. Uh, I heard those songs took me back. Uh, some of you said that said that those brought back all kinds of memories for me. Uh, others of you uh, simply said thank you, thank you for talking about my generation, that, that really captured m my experience or the experience of you know, my parents or grandparents. Uh, I feel so much more understood. Uh, there were a couple of weeks, uh, a number of you just approached me 
with tears in your eyes and, and told me that, that now you grasp how your adult children may have experienced life. And you've gotten up the courage and, and kind of the, the tug on your heart to reach out to them and help them know that, that you see them a little more clearly now. And, and I loved it when several of you said, you know, I really wish my son or my, my mother or my grandmother was here to hear this. Uh, it, it really captured uh, what, what I remember about them. Uh, and many of you, uh, you know, they, those folks weren't able to be here uh, either because they've passed on or some of them just don't live around here. Um, and so many of you have sent the links to them and said, you've got to watch this, you've got to watch this. I have to say, you know, our views uh, for this series have skyrocketed. Uh, I think in part because of the weather, <laughs> because you haven't been able, able to always be here and you didn't want to miss it, uh, but uh, also because you've been sharing it with those who you love, who you uh, want to, to hear uh, the, the truth of how God has worked in the generations. Uh, you know, each of these stories that you've shared with me, you know, has really touched my heart. And I think the, the biggest reason it's touched my heart is because I see how God is working in your heart. And, and that's been exciting. I think that we can each say that we've had more understanding and appreciation across the generations as a result of this last month and a half. Uh, but I'm most excited truly, about the seeds that are being planted uh, in all of our hearts to live into God's vision for an intergenerational church. And, and it's that theme of an intergenerational church that I want to spend a little more time on this morning. You see, throughout this series, I've suggested repeatedly that in order to live into that vision that God has for a church across the generations, an intergenerational church, that it would require this. Um, I already mentioned it yet the, uh, earlier this morning, just a few moments ago, uh, that it would require us to embody the very best of each generation so that together we reflect a fuller image of God's vision for, for the, his kingdom. And, and that begs the question, what is the best? What is the very best of each generation? And I'm sure that that answer is debatable, uh, certainly is, uh, but in my own personal studies of the generations, uh, relying on some uh, pretty amazing books uh, by Gary McIntosh and John Mabry, if you're interested in some of those books, which is where I uh, got some of the statistics and some of the uh, reflections on the generations, um, as well as my own study of the scriptures, in, in this series, I did my best to narrow in on what the very best of each generation has to offer. Uh, and and first, of, first of all, the, the mosaics, uh, the youngest of the adults um, in our intergenerational church. You're between the ages of 16 and 33. Uh, you might be the hardest ones to nail down because you're still, I mean, you're still growing. You're still developing. Uh, the experiences of your generation aren't yet fully formed. Um, and mosaics are, are still growing and thus have all kinds of needs that, that we as a church together can meet. I mean, the church is a source of friendships and community uh, where, where you can really wrestle with the claims, the truth claims of faith. Uh, the, the church can help you, mosaics, um, as you kind of feel out uh, the the, the ropes of life. You can learn the ropes of life from an intergenerational church as you 
uh, really as you begin to maybe uh, uh, deal with the struggles of having multiple student loans coming out of college or uh, what, it, what it means to uh, get your first job or your first few jobs <laughs> um, and, and then what, what it's like, what you need to, to consider as you wrestle with, wow, uh, should I get married? Uh, what, what is it like to have kids? Uh, you know, all of those questions, those are the things that, that mosaics, your, your life stage is at. And the church can provide you uh, with, with some direction, some encouragement as you step through those phases of life that many have gone before you in. Um, and, and of course, the church can provide you opportunities to make a real difference in the world. Mosaics, you, I know, you, you want to make a difference in the world, and the church can help to provide opportunities for that. But, but as a church, I think we can learn from you a lot too. You know, we can really appreciate your love for diversity and your desire to be deeply connected with others relationally. Uh, we can be better for embodying your, your genuine optimism and, and your hope for the future as a generation. Uh, but, but it's, I think, what I love most, uh, which I've gained and learned to appreciate from the mosaics of faith that I have gotten to know. Uh, your love for, for the simple, straightforward, and all-encompassing, wholehearted faith in Jesus. Uh, you know, it is so compelling to me. J Jesus uh, summed up all of the law and the prophets into two commandments. That you should love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your mind and your strength and that you should love your neighbor as yourself. You know, sometimes uh, those of us who are in uh, older generations, we can get, make things so complicated and, and we lose sight of the foundational elements of the faith. But mosaics, you can help us keep, keep things focused on the main things that Jesus taught us about, to love God and to love others. Now, I'm curious, uh, who are our mosaics here today? Would, would, you, would you stand, uh, you mosaics? I know this is easy for you. You, you might even need to stretch. Uh, uh, all right. Hey, mosaics, I have just a, a couple things to, to say to you. You, you. All right. I, I see you here. All right. You, you, mosaics, you're not only an integral part of the church now. Oh, a whole bunch of you in the back. I see you. You're waving. All right. Uh, you're not only an integral part of the church now, but God has entrusted the future of the church to you. And rest of us, church, I, I don't know about you, but, but I, I look at these folks, and, and I think, man, God is entrusting the church into some pretty good hands. And, and I want to thank God for that. Uh, can, can the rest of us, uh, just with our applause, thank God for the mosaics among us and, and God entrusting, entrusting the church to them. Thank, thank you, mosaics. You can sit down now or do some jumping jacks or something too. You can still do that. Uh, now, the, the next group, of course, is Generation X. Uh, that this is my generation. Uh, we're, uh, we're between the ages of 34 and, and 52. And we're, we're at the phase of life where a more and more responsibility is coming our way. Uh, it, it's, 
this, this, wasn't, this wasn't the case for all of us, but our, our generation has largely been formed by um, relational pain and societal angst. I mean, if you just think about the 80s and 90s, uh, that's, that's what a lot of, a lot of it was. Uh, and, and overall, though, this, this has led our generation to be pretty realistic, uh, but, but also a generation that longs for something real, that longs for authentic and relevant community. Uh, our faith has, has to be practical. It's got to be able to speak to those deep places of woundedness and hurt in our generation. And so, so we've uh, like longed for that in a faith. We've looked for that in faith in God. And God has met us right there in those deepest needs. As well as just recognizing, wow, this life isn't easy. And we need to know how, how to live out this life. And God and, and the, the community of faith help us with that. But we have other needs too specifically in our life stage right now. You know, with more responsibility coming our way, there's, there's always the difficulty of balancing work life and, and home life. Uh, we still need other people to do life with. I mean, life is getting more and more serious every day. And so we need people to, to laugh with, to cry with, uh, to, to do life alongside. And, and, you know, we need people to walk with us on our spiritual journey. Thank God that many of our journeys have led us to faith in Jesus uh, and, uh, and he established a church community that is, is compelling to us, that, that we strive to emulate. Uh, from Acts chapter 2, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to, to sharing meals and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers, I love this, met together in one place. They shared everything that they had, sold their property and possessions, and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. We'll have an opportunity to do that in a little bit. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And with those of you who are a part of Generation X, would you take your turn and, and stand up? I know it's, it's getting a little harder. Just a little. Okay. All right. Hey, hold the, hold the applause. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. I know you love us. Uh, uh, just, just a couple of things uh, for... Those of you, you're, we're, it's our generation, right? Uh, you know, we've got a, a, a great task before us. The, the boomers in front of us, uh, they, they're retiring. Uh, some of them have already retired. They're, they're handing off the baton to us. And, and that's, that's really what happened in our church family just a couple years ago when Pastor Dennis handed off the, the, the baton of senior leadership of this church. This, this is very real uh, to me and I, I think to us. And from, you just got to know, for many boomers and those older, that, that's kind of a scary thing uh, to hand off uh, a baton to this generation. Um, and truth be told, if we're honest, 
it's kind of a scary thing for us too. But I just want to encourage you and, and just ask that, that you join me in my prayer for our generation that, that we will trust in God to provide the same way that he has for the generations that have come before us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, rest of the church, let's uh, thank God for Generation X. Oh, some of you are in Gen X? That's awesome. I didn't even, this is great. I'm able to nail down some ages here now. Uh, well, boomers, boomers, I, don't lie. Don't lie. Uh, we're in a place of worship. Uh, bo- boomers, I ju- I've, I've been speaking about you a little bit here, here and there already. Uh, you're between 53 and 74. And, and I love about your generation that you really modeled for us and showed us how to be modern day revolutionaries. And more than any other generation up to your point, you broke the mold. Uh, you stood up to the man. You, you, you rebelled. And you did so on behalf of those who were on the margins. I, I love that. Uh, you stood for justice and peace and equality. But the truth is, boomers, your lives have been changing uh, over the past couple of decades. And, and your needs your place in life has been changing too. A boomer friend of mine recently said this. He said, most of us won't admit it, speaking of boomers, but next to dying, the recognition of our growing old is the most profound shock of our lifetime. You know, the process and struggle of aging And what that means for everything in life, health, finances, family, uh, preparing for retirement, uh, learning how to navigate life as a retired person. It's all about letting go. And the first half of life uh, can oftentimes be described as gaining, gathering, growing, acquiring. The second half of life is often defined by how we let that go. And boomers, you're there. You're experiencing this firsthand. And, and I, if, if I may be so bold, not as a boomer, but as one who will eventually be letting go himself, the preeminent need, I think, of boomers is to find continued purpose in life in the midst of growing older and letting go. The church is a faith community. Can't can really be there to help sort through those transitions, the existential questions that that can help you find meaning and purpose in the midst of what really is radical life change. But but hear this, Uh, although you're not still marching, uh, your hopes and dreams for the way the world could be really have formed and shaped the rest of us. That they have. And, and even better than that, your justice-centered worldview is worth emulating because really that's, that's what Jesus stood for. I mean, Jesus challenged the status quo regularly. He stood up uh, for, uh, for the marginal, marginalized. Those, uh, he stood up for justice in his day. And in fact, his whole mission was about bringing good news to those who had been excluded. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. You know, when we embody the the good news of God's kingdom for all people, we reflect your generation's passion and we more fully reveal the heart of Jesus to this world. Uh, Would those of you who are baby boomers uh, uh, grab hold of the seat firmly in front of you? (laughs) And and would you please stand? Would you please stand? now, we, I, I know I was just joking. I was just joking about that. You're, you're doing quite well for yourselves, honestly. Uh, but, you know, sometimes standing up and, and being an instrument used by God for world change, that can be difficult. You can have a lot of stones hurled your way. And we understand that it's difficult to be a generation that pushes the envelope uh, for those around you. But we want to tell you uh, that from our perspective, other generations, that we think it was worth it. And to say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to live out and embody God's kingdom in your generation and for future generations. And and we will not abandon you as, as really uh, your lifestyle changes and age, as aging happens uh, uh, and you see your role more and more from the margins, a role of encouragement and mentoring and in some cases eventually uh, uh, roles that, that are more dependent on others. You will not be forgotten um, and thank you Thank you for showing us the way uh, as you assume a different role. Uh, So with our applause, the rest of the church, let us thank uh, the boomers among us. Finally, we have the builders. Uh, Those of you who are 75 years of age and older. Uh, Builders, you you truly embodied the faithfulness and obedience to God as reflected throughout the scriptures, but but I think is is really honed in on in this passage from Deuteronomy, chapter 10. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all of your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. But even more than that, in the midst of the hardship of your formative years, uh, in the Great Depression, and the effects of and after effects of World War II, you, know, you builders among us, you worked really hard. You gave your lives to, to provide for future generations, oftentimes at great, great cost to yourselves. You know, your willingness to self-sacrifice for the sake of others uh, reminds us of Jesus and his self-giving, which we see most profoundly on the cross. 
Uh, We are a better and more faithful church when we embody these characteristics that you have lived out before us. And as a generation, builders, you, you have always, I think we can all agree, always held yourselves with, with the utmost dignity in the midst of all of the crises that you lived through and you faced. But we can imagine how very difficult a thing it is to find purpose and dignity now when you're on a fixed income and becoming frailer and more and more dependent on others to care for you because you've always been the one to provide and care for others. Now please hear this. Um, You already know this. You've lived this out. You've modeled this. But just as an encouragement to you, uh, you have eternal dignity and worth not because of what you do, but because of the God you love and serve, Jesus. And through the church, you can continue to find your worth and your dignity, and as you provide spiritual guidance and prepare yourself and those you love for the ultimate transition, generational transition from this life to the next. You're not alone when you walk through the valley. You are not only loved by God, but you are loved and not forgotten by your church family. Builders, uh, many of you have literally built, literally built this church building and laid the foundations for generations to come to find life in Jesus and to know his faithfulness. Uh, but, But right now, the rest of your church family uh, wants to just say thank you and to say we love you. So would you mind taking your turn and, and standing before us so that we can offer to God thanksgiving for you? Would you? No, really, we want, we, we want to see. Thank each of you. Uh, th- thanks for coming. I know you like to come at 8 o'clock. <laughs> now, many, many of you, of course, are 10, 15 worshipers. Uh, uh, I, I had a sense today would be memorable. Uh, now maybe you know my angst about canceling last week. I'm so glad <laughs> that, it, that it, it worked out to do this uh, today. But, but some of what we've been experiencing, I, I just, you know, one of my roles as a pastor is... Uh, is to help us see when God is at work. It's kind of like a big promoter <laughs> uh, to, to point out uh, the ways that, that God is at work around us so that we can all be aware. So, I mean, one of my jobs is to try to be aware of what, of what God is doing. And, and, and I, I had a sense in anticipation of this day that we would just experience a, a little glimpse of heaven, a, a little glimpse of the, the unity of the body of Christ across generations in a way that, man, that feels good. 
And what you've been experiencing is God's Holy Spirit working in and through each of us, binding us together in unity around our mission as a church. And in our world, friends, that is such a rare thing. You know this. I mean, our, our, our nation and our world has become so much more polarized uh, around disagreements. You know, it's, it's the, the language of us and them is so prevalent today. It, it, it's, it, it is a rare thing to see unity where people reach uh, across the, the you know, so-called aisle, isn't it? It's rare. It's rare in our world. And in fact, this kind of polarization is, I mean, it's affecting our very own denomination, the United Methodist Church. Uh, particularly, uh, I mean, the most specific thing right now is, is interpretation of the scriptures as it relates to the practice of homosexuality. That's been the elephant in the room of our denomination for decades, has caused all, all kinds of of strife and division, and the battles have raged for, for so long that, that it has been hard to be unified as a denomination around any kind of agreed-upon vision for the future, uh, let alone our stated mission as a church. Well, well next weekend, uh, six, in six days, uh, 864 uh, elected United Methodist representatives from all over the world will convene uh, right here in St. Louis uh, to legislatively determine uh, the, the best way forward as a denomination despite our disagreements regarding human sexuality. This, some of you are aware of that. Others of you, this is the first you've heard about it. Um, some of you are really invested in and care about uh, having a particular outcome happen. Others of you, really, you don't care that much. Uh, but regardless, uh, it's happening. Uh, I, I am one of those elected representatives. I'll be one of those 864 delegates. Uh, and, and if you, regardless of how you feel about it, if you tune in to local media, and probably national media next weekend uh, from Saturday through Tuesday, you are probably going to hear uh, the kind of this, the secular take on all of it. Um, and some of it will surprise you and a lot of it will discourage you. And, and it's, it's, um, it's, it's uh, kind of a big thing. And I'll, you know, now isn't the time to get into all the specifics. Um, I will take some time to speak about the outcomes, as, as we're aware, on March 3rd in two weekends uh, during worship. Uh, our bishop, uh, Frank Beard, uh, will be hosting a briefing on Saturday, March 9th at O'Fallon First United Methodist Church at 10 a.m. Uh, but what I really want to mention is this. Uh, my hope and my prayer that, that I, I just, I invite you to, to join me in, is that regardless of the outcome of the, the general conference special session, that regardless of the outcome, what, what, whatever happens, that, that our church, 
that, that our church will continue to have the kind of unity that we've been experiencing already in this place this morning. That, that, that we can continue with grace to set aside personal preferences and in some cases uh, minor disagreements for the sake of our one mission as a church. And our mission as a church is simply to invite people on a journey with Jesus. That's why we exist. And I love our mission. I love the journey theme. I love it. There's, there's, I don't think there's a better way to describe it. I love it because it reminds us that none of us has ever arrived. We're not there yet. I don't care what generation you're a part of. I don't care if you're a yet-to-be or you're a builder. You haven't arrived. You're still on a journey with Jesus. God is not done transforming your heart and your life to become more and more like him. I love that theme. And, and I, love, I love even more, I love the invite part. I mean, that gives us our purpose. That gives us our role in this. We're, we are to invite people on this journey. The journey isn't just for us. It's never been just for us. And if you notice the things that, that I've strategically outlined about each of the different generations, the, the, the thing that we are to embody from each generation, it always has an outward component to it. Every single one of the things that we are called to embody about the best of each generation has an outward focus. The, the builders are to lay down their lives for others. The boomers, revolutionaries standing up for equality and justice for all people. The Xers longing for authentic and relevant community that meets their needs and others' deep needs. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And the mosaics, love God and love neighbor. As we move forward as an intergenerational church, let us never forget to emulate Jesus, who, who did not live, nor did he exist for himself, but for the good of others. I mean, his self-giving death on the cross, I mean, that was the, he epitomized it right there. Uh, but through his resurrection and the spirit that raised him from the dead that he has given to us as his church now has never been just about us. It's always been about laying down to empower us to lay down our lives for others as we model him. You know, living as an intergenerational church is at its finest when we embody the best of each generation, but each, the best of each generation really comes down to us embodying the characteristics of Jesus, of him of Jesus who established his church to, to open the doors of his kingdom, not to themselves, but for everybody. Just as he opened it up for us. Can I get an amen? All, all, the, generation, all the generations agreed and said, amen. 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 Well, as we remember, as we remember Jesus we remember that just as there is one loaf, we are one body called to be broken, not just for ourselves, but for the sake of the world.
As we thank God for the cup, the cup of the new covenant, we remember that just as Jesus' blood was poured out for many, we, as Jesus' body, are called to be poured out for the sake of others. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, would you continue to be with us in this moment? You speak to us not just in the amazing music, not just through your word, but you speak to us even in the silence of a moment like now. Would you once again pour out your Holy Spirit on us, gathered here in this place? And would you make this gift of bread and this gift of juice would you make them become for us powerful symbols of your very presence in our midst as well as powerful reminders that you did not call us to live unto ourselves but to be broken and to be poured out for many for this world that you sent your one and only son into to die so that we could be invited to your heavenly banquet table one day and feast with you and with many until you come again and your kingdom reigns here on earth completely as it does in heaven. Father, with your Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, both now and forever. Amen.